You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. The views, opinions, and content of the show's hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. Good to know that. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. In my opinion, does not necessarily represent those of the station. So keep that in I mind. I mean, sometimes. It should, and mine too, but, you know, it's always better to be on the safe yeah, side. I noticed you were talking about the beer thing. Oh, my gosh, that is such you, you a... Mean, you mean dudes in dresses drinking beer? <laughs> yeah. Dudes in dresses pretending to be girls Wait drinking a second. beer. I'm There's the... one worse than that. Oh, no. Just one? Yeah, just one? <laughs> well, what Anheuser-Busch decides and does is their business, you know? And mm. and they're suffering from it. They're getting snowballed, you know? Yep. Everybody in the world's coming after them. But what I've Actually, found they're walking more, away from them. <laughs> what I found, find more deplorable than that terribly deplorable we all know or you know our veteran shows our shows that we speak about our military the recruiting is down horrendously recruiting for what recruiting for people to join the military oh it's down 40 percent and the navy came out with their transgender have you all seen that oh no yes they went from don't ask to don't tell to Declare and it loudly? Pretty this, much. This yeah, is this was probably awful. the worst thing I've ever... And for our government to out, come out and our Navy and have it approved... Well, the Navy. They had the the Navy song from the, the village people a long time ago, so we knew that was coming. <laughs> In the <Well>, Navy. <laughs> but even that was a little manly. Yeah, but, I mean, today to show that and have that whatever it is on promoting joining the Navy and come put lipstick on with me. Well, well, they went from don't ask to don't tell to hey, yeah. come yeah. join the Navy. You know, this, I, I talked to a number of other veterans and we all agree that this is just absolutely deplorable. Oh, it's- the Joint Chiefs should jump right in the middle of it a hundred percent. But in the meantime, we're they, still going to make fun of it. <laughs> they should have never felt comfortable enough to do what they did. I can't. I, I couldn't believe it, David. But you're a hundred percent right. Well, for, you know, we, we have right. a mutual friend, and he once told me. He goes, <laughs> "You know why Marines well, like to ride on Navy ships? <laughs> so the sailors will have somebody to dance with." <laughs> you know, I was. Now, he was an SF soldier, so I he was, was Army. <laughs> I was just about to say it's already bad enough for the Navy because if you're in the Army or the Marines or you don't uh, have Air a village Force. people song about you. You pretty much make fun of the Navy anyway. <laughs> actually, actually, the truth be known about the Navy, any of the other branches, the Army, well, Marines ride with the Navy anyway. Right. Because well, they are a branch of the Navy. They are, yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're under their control. They're not, they're not really a branch. They're under the control. They're of un- the, under the Navy command. division, yeah. yeah. Command. But anyway, is that... So anybody that knows, yes, they want to be on a ship because they have the best food in any other branch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh. That's right. Now, wait I a minute. I, 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 there was a story I heard. They, they were doing a survey, and they asked 
different members of different branches what they would do in a certain situation. They asked the army guy, you find a scorpion in your tent, what do you do? The army guy goes, I grab my boot, I smash it, and I throw it outside. They asked the marine, you find a scorpion in your tent, what do you do? He goes, I smash it with my hand and I eat it. They asked the Air Force guy, what would you do if you find a scorpion in your tent? He goes, I call down to the front desk and ask why there's a scor- why there's a tent in my hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about the truth. I've heard this. And that's the thing. That's what I mean. I mean, the Navy not, not and, in the, the, Air Force. Those and guys the Air are awesome. Force get they they get it from the other ones. They really do. But I one day, Roger, we should talk to uh, our Navy friend uh, Gambino and see what he thinks about this. Oh yeah, and you talked about that. He's moving. You know, we should, yeah, we should talk. But. I, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it is awful. But they make fun of each other. You know, I mean, if there's a rivalry there. Oh yeah, amongst the, 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 the actual soldiers, it's a fun rivalry. Uh, a yeah, fun one. Yeah. But it is, it's just funny that the Navy gets made fun of in a certain way and then they come along and perpetuate it, perpetuate it by putting this uh, cross-dressing dude. And listen, if that dude joins the Navy and he earns his way, not good, good for him. But you don't, you're having a trouble recruiting already. The answer to recruiting is not to with transgenders and crossdressers. I just don't see. I mean, David, you tell me. Do you see a lot of these these <laughs> transgenders and that and that type of culture running to join the military? Or, I mean, aren't these the people who are screaming that we don't need a military? Or drinking Bud Light for that matter? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean whoa, don't they, they drink they, their local uh, micro whatever their micro IPA yeah. something or other? Well, there's uh, anybody that uh, has served will know the term blanket party. Okay, and, uh, I'm unfamiliar. <laughs> Is this something you can talk about on the air? <laughs> Sure, we're on internet radio. Well, <laughs> blanket party. I, yeah, I can't. I can't address uh, any other branch. I can only uh, talk about the army. But if uh, you have, uh, let me put it like this: When I was in the service, you wouldn't have a transgender in your barracks for very long. Was that the uh, thing about the soap and the blanket? No, this this okay. is about no, no this uh, no. Pillowcases. Uh, this this and soap. is about this in is. the middle of the night. If this if this person has been really flaming uh, <laughs> extroverted about his sexual preferences. Yes. And, uh, hey. And ever ever did to touch anybody in the middle of the night some some of his platoon or folks in his barracks would bring a blanket, blanket. cover his head real fast. You got it. And, <laughs> yeah. It's and a, they put soap in their pillowcases and just, smash them with it. Yeah. Well, it's all that, what was that movie? Let's just call call it a, uh, we'll call it a beat party, but not the one that the yeah. transgender's going to like. Well, well, without a DJ. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's a better way to put it, Roger. It's without, a beat party without a, a DJ. It's a beat party without a DJ. Um, uh, you know, and, yeah. and this, for the Navy, but the, and I, I I just can't imagine, and I, I would like to know who did approve it. That would be... Yeah, me too. Well, That's the thing. The is, thing. Don't That's, ask, don't yeah. tell works so well because they never discriminated against anybody, and whether you were straight or gay, it didn't matter. Yeah. Don't talk about if, it. Yeah. Well, look, It's not something that needs to be discussed in the military like at I, all. Like I said, I don't care. If you can pass the rigorous training, knock yourself out. Right. Judge you on merit, not on sexual preference. you should be judged on merit. 
when the world feared our military, it was because all they saw was an, an unbelievable fighting machine. That's what we were. Now what do they see? China's laughing their heads off because they look, you look at China's military, what they're, what they're doing. Versus what ours are doing. Mm-hmm. Ours, are, we're, we're talking about transgenders and cross-dressers and, 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 uh, that's the biggest issue. Inclusivity and all yeah, this or, mess. It's know, crazy. Diversity. What, what's diversity. The, what's the big deal? So you have a co- No, the big deal is from the moment you step off the bus and go into reception as a PF, as, as a, not even a PFC, as a private, you go into reception or whatever branch it happens to be, the first thing the military does is start working on your mind and, and building you into you're there to take care of your brother. Mm. And I've got your back, you've got mine, I trust that you do. I'm <laughs> right. De- I'm depending on you. When I, and, when <laughs> and as long as these people who come in with different sexual preferences... To, Understand that and work right. within those because bounds, that's fine. Now, because David, you could probably attest to this. Because if you're caught somewhere, you're in a foxhole, and you say, "Cover me," I want everybody to understand <laughs> what "cover me" means. Get my six doesn't mean touch my six. <laughs> I'm I should, just saying. I shouldn't have to be watching my I'm own just six. Saying, I should. <laughs> I shouldn't. Let me. This is going to sound not bad. that there's I, anything wrong with that. I, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm you, Roger, and I both will be the first to tell you: live how you want to live. Just, just don't force it on. I mean, don't be a militant. I don't force the way I live on people. That's right. You know, well, I, well, people I don't shouldn't know. force their way. I try on not us. to, but uh, it's, yeah. I try and tell everybody they need to have but a gun I, if they have any desire to. So, well, we know. recommend. We well, make I recommendations. Recommend, yes, I'm not going to force. Exactly. We don't force it, and, and these people try to force stuff on you. But, uh, but I, I will say this, and this is probably going to get us in trouble. But I, you know, something new. when you're when you're in combat, you, you've got armor. You, you want to protect your vital organs. I don't want people to have to worry about protecting their six right with armor. You don't want because your, of their. You don't want your your partner to cover your six in a way it doesn't need to be covered. It doesn't need to be covered. <laughs> you you don't I'm want to have gonna, to cover your six from your partner. I'm just going to stop right there before. We yeah, get we, we've more we've trouble. gone we've gone deep but, enough there. But yeah. yeah, I mean it's just it's so crazy. Speaking how, of no. <clears throat> It's crazy though how these companies think that, oh yeah, let's hire a transgender to represent us. And did they look for a minute who their core customers are? That's the problem. That's why I mean, it's a lesson. And if anybody's in marketing classes, this is a perfect real time lesson. And what happens when you abuse your core customer? Yeah, I or, mean, or at least core disassociate with them. Yeah. To when show you them forget, you don't understand who they are. When you forget who's actually paying for your product and allowing you to hire people and uh, uh, allowing you to to do stupid things like the Yeah, it's like they said Fenway Park during a baseball game. Ooh, man. Every food and drink concession had lines except, except the Budweiser booths. Nobody had, would step you close had to cases those. of Budweiser you could see. I saw some of those pictures from the baseball fans that were posting them. Crazy. And this is in Boston. This is Fenway Park. This is Libtard Boston. That just goes to show you that uh, apparently Libtards are not baseball fans. <laughs> they misjudged this one. <laughs> they sure did. They sure did. I mean, it's just amazing. I when I I went to a um, Supercross race, Roger, a few weeks ago. And they couldn't give Bud Light away. Oh, they said they dropped couldn't the prices give down Bud Light away. so low. I was, and they're not, uh, still not selling it. So I was walking through on my way to the track, and I passed some uh, 
and this was typical Southern motorcycle in, let's just say, those type of participants. Right. And, and I was passing them, and they were all buying beer. And I, I reached over. As I'm walking by, I reached back and I went, you buying Bud Light? And they nearly lost their mind. It was hilarious. <laughs> because they turned around first, looking at me, go, I ain't buying no Bud Light. And then they saw that I was who I was, and I was kidding. And then they, <clears throat> they just started laughing and go, we ain't getting no Bud Light around here. Thank goodness. Well, but that's when you walk by every beer booth and go, hey, yo, what's up? What's happening? Yeah. Bud Light, hey. Hey. Now, <laughs> now, if you guys gave me, Roger, right here, you and I both should be hired by every beer company right now because Miller Light and Coors Light, here's the next commercial should be. They should get a can that looks like the Bud Light can. I, I, they probably can't actually use a Bud Light can, but they, they can the rec- colors. They can shape. make it really close and have, have some other and woman on the have a back, real woman on the cover. Bring back that commercial and sh- and you show the part the people with a Bud Bud Light can going hey, and then everybody else going what's up? Remember yeah, those commercials? Yep. yep. They could have so much it. fun with these commercials. Oh, you're, you know they're and going just to toast. But well, right now, but again, they have to be cautious though, because you know you don't want to come off as too aggressive towards well, you somebody. Wouldn't, you wouldn't even really have to be. You could just have fun with it right now. Oh, it would well, be like so I said, much fun. Miller Lite, Coors Light, or any of these other beer companies here in this country should should just start doing manly commercials. Yeah, Coors Coors has taken advantage, uh, and their sales yeah. have skyrocketed. Yeah, just just it's crazy. You know, we, well, like I, saw, I was telling you before, I saw the ad on Facebook Marketplace for an old. It had a picture <laughs> of an old can of Bud Light <laughs> sitting on a picnic table. It said pre-gay Bud Light, forty-five dollars. Uh, that's crazy. Oh, that's, that, I mean, look, again, none of us have a problem with the way you want to live, the way you live your life. But when you start, when you forget who your customer is, yeah, that's and, and you, you can't, for, again, this is where you can't force your woke beliefs on the rest of the country. Well, who, I just wonder who did this? I mean, who thought in marketing? Oh, they do all these VP. They do all these marketing surveys. They do all these, uh, you know, not focus groups. Not when you're fresh out of college. They hired some young vice president who went to a woke college and, and Bud Light. This was a, how stupid the CEO was because he didn't pay attention to who they were hiring. But somebody in that department Felt it was okay to hire a inexperienced, woke, out of college person, make them VP because she was female. Oh, was it she that and, did this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a female. Oh my God. And again, there are some smart women marketing people out there who know their customers. But this girl had an agenda. This girl came out of a college that was woke. She was taught that way. And then she, and she posted things saying like, well, Budweiser has been their, their customer, their, their frat image, image has been frat boy image. So That's your frat customer. boys drink more beer than exactly. Who's going to drink Bud Bud Light? A I'm frat not. boy in the South <laughs> or a dude wearing a dress? And now it's going to be time to take a break. But when we come back from break, it'll be time to go back to guns. Hey. Guns, guns, guns. I am back. Let's talk Venezuelan with Josie Cruz and friends. Every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. only on America's Web Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to the Doctor's Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Part of... What we were just talking about is uh, just what that last commercial said. 
her last spot said, take back our country. And as on point with Victor was pointing out today that we have to get off our cans and be prepared. Have your Speaking survival. of being prepared, yes, I got a question for you guys. What do you guys think would be the most popular rifle in the United States for the last five to ten years? Probably the AR-15. AR-15. Yeah. AR-15. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. And there was some judge that said something about if a weapon is in common use, then it's considered something that all the people could have and that they could not restrict its ownership based on that. So I thought, you know, now I don't know which brand of AR-15 the transgenders prefer, <laughs> but, you know, it's just it's <laughs> difficult to say. We know they don't prefer Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But that was stuff that came out I thought was pretty interesting, though. It was fascinating. The AR-15, number one selling and number yeah, one owned the rifle, number one ri- in rifle in the United and, States and there's today. A, I mean, how many rifles? <clears throat> millions of these rifles. Oh, yeah, millions. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how many were lost in my boating accident recently. Exactly. And that was just me. All right, me too. But, um, you know, the, I don't ask, don't and, tell. And here, exactly, don't ask, don't tell. And here's, Let's go back to that. Here, here's the thing that people need to understand. And, and this is any, if you're out there, if you're listening right now and any liberal comes up to you or especially if a politician, Democrat, progressive douchebag comes up to you, <laughs> and I, I shouldn't say that, but if they come GB. up to you and they tell you, you shouldn't have an AR-15, then you get, you ask them, what does their security detail carry? Every politician that tells you, you shouldn't have an AR-15 should give rid of theirs first. That's right. Because I you, promise you, wanna, you that's You want to limit have. the magazine capacity? Let's start with your security. Let's start guard. with your security first. Let's start with the Every Secret politician. Service. Joe Every, Biden, you don't want me to have more yeah. than 10 rounds? None of your security None of your Secret Service can have more than 10 rounds. Uh, these <clears> people, Work for us, ladies and gentlemen. No one in government is more important than we, the people. Well, they and, think, and it, they're they going to tell us. They think I mean, they're rulers, leaders. They're representatives. Absolutely. That's all they are. Representatives of the people, and the people can remove them at any time. But they don't. These people don't deserve to. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> that's the but problem. They don't deserve. If I can't have an AR-15, <clears throat> you can't have one. Meaning, you politicians, you. Bureaucrat. But then, of course, they're going to take it to the extreme. Oh, so you should be able to have an atomic bomb? Don't be stupid. <laughs> there are countries that are not allowed to have atomic bombs. Exactly. Look, no. the Second Amendment was clear. <clears throat> Guns. Now, you Second can have a cannon, though. Firearm shape. And you don't even need a federal background check That's to own a true. cannon. You can have a cannon, yeah. Roger, tell a little bit of because I remember when, I guess it was Israel that first came out with the Uzi. Yes, they they did. Israeli military and industries. That was their weapon. The the Uzi was the submachine gun, because other countries wouldn't sell them weapons, so they had to design and manufacture their own. Because and all of a sudden, that became very popular, particularly with the Secret Service, didn't it? Um, to some extent. Now they've all gone to HK stuff. The MP5s are probably the most popular ones. <clears throat> but yeah, the Uzi was popular with all kinds of militaries for a long time. Where's that one? I got to, Oh, here we go. You know, now, there but, was a... I have to tell you this. This is hysterical. They were asking Steve Dettelbach. He is the director of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Farms, the, the director of the ATF. They asked him, could you define an assault weapon? And he said, I'm not a firearms I'm expert. Not a firearm expert. Let me get somebody... <laughs> But you're supposed to lead the ATF. This is a Joe Brandon Biden appointee, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God. Sort of like, yep. I'm not, 
a biologist. I can't tell you what a woman <laughs> That's is. That's right. We, thank you, David, because we have a, a woman sitting on the Supreme Court, the highest court in the land, who couldn't define what, what a woman, woman is. Was. <laughs> you know, I bet I, any six-year-old could tell the difference between I, a man and a woman. Well, I bet you a five-year-old or four-year-old could tell. When you remember, oh, here we go again with the movies. You remember the movie Kindergarten Cop? Oh yeah! Remember the little boy that couldn't have been four girls or five have years a, old. Uh, yeah, and girls boys have, have a, a and boys have and a, he was like five, and he was four <laughs> or five years old. He had more brains than the Democrat Party does today. <laughs> well, yeah, he yeah. asked. You know, he, he was taught a fact, and he he, he remembered and, it, and he remembered it. Now, some people, you know, this, because boys are different than girls, ladies you know, and <laughs> in a thousand years when they dig up bones of people who died, they're not going to say, oh, this was a transgender, a transgender skeleton. No, no it was, it's a female skeleton or a male. That's right. And Roger, no. that would happen even if they mutilated their body. So anybody who mutilates their body, this, let's say now, it won't years change. Years down the road, if their bones end up being dug up, they're still going to go, yeah, that's a male. That's it's right. missing some things, but that's a male. Well, no, they wouldn't even know. By just the bones, there's only one way to determine a male from a female skeleton is in the pelvis bone. The pelvis That's bone. the only dip- yeah, difference. 100%. Only different bone in any yeah. body. So well, no matter, that's, bone well, in anybody. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but you can, but, the, but you're, you're right, and, and, the, and that's what I mean. No matter what you do to yourself, no matter what drugs you take, or what you cut off your body. Now, granted, you're still going to be recognized a male because of your pelvis. There are some people with both sets of equipment down there. Now, granted, a hermaphrodite. They, they are an extremely <laughs> tiny percentage yeah. of the population. And I mean, it's extreme, less extreme, than extreme, extreme. less than a extreme, tenth of one percent. But they are out there, and I understand now they have the right to. But I don't think it's too fully intact. Oh, some yeah, of them are. I don't think this has a whole lot to do with guns. Uh, no, it doesn't. No, I have a gun story for you right now. <clears throat> All right, Roger, let's right fire now. it up. You know, I like to do this, and I didn't do it on my show, but I like to do it every show. But here's something you're not going to hear about, and and the question should be asked: Why won't you hear about this? But just over the weekend in just Chicago, Democrat land, Chicago, four more people were killed, twenty-two wounded from gunfire. That is in the city of Chicago, run by Democrats, where they have the most strict gun laws on the books. You can't get much more strict than Chicago is. Chicago won't let you defend yourself. They won't let you. Now, that that light-headed woman who was the governor. Beetlejuice. Um, I mean, mayor. Mayor, who was the mayor. Uh, she could defend herself, but you couldn't. The new progressive libtard mayor that's out there he can defend himself but you can't and all these people in chicago these four people were killed 22 wounded why couldn't they defend themselves that's here we just are. a so. chicago evening though and on the weekend yeah i mean this is this is this is a, this is what they say will bring gun safety taking our guns and this is this is you got to pay attention ladies and gentlemen the very people who live in the city of Chicago that is riddled by gunfire, criminal gunfire every week, are telling you that if if the country gave up guns, somehow there'd be no crime. No. If the country gave up guns, then every city in this country is going to look like Chicago. Yeah, not well, just the city. You know, the interesting fact, during the Gulf War, there were many times that Chicago had higher shot and death rates than did people fighting overseas. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, and they used to shoot, shoot out the, you know, the numbers of soldiers wounded or killed or whatever. And a lot of times Chicago's numbers exceeded those numbers. In an active war zone, Chicago exceeded those numbers on many weekends. <clears throat> and it's like, it's, there's no way that shall not be infringed 
can be interpreted any other way. Any other way. Right now, you've got a Democrat party, Roger, that's trying to tell people that the 14th Amendment is absolute and that Joe Biden can raise the debt ceiling because of one line in the, in the, in the 14th Amendment. Now, okay, fine. If you're going to give me that logic, then you can't tell me the Second Amendment is not absolute. You don't get to pick and choose. You Democrat bozo they, representative. They do, you, though. You don't, they shouldn't get to choose which, which amendment is absolute. Which of the, of the, um. Which laws they want to follow. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Roger. But they shouldn't. They're trying to tell you that the Second Amendment is not absolute, but somehow the 14th is because now the Democrats want to use it. Now, the First Amendment the is Congress. not absolute. If you think about it, it's, it specifically says freedom of the press, referring to printing press. Right. Which means the Internet, um, radio, well, television. That, but you can't. None of that falls under the press. Yeah, but I can't. I, I wouldn't go down that road trying to use that logic because then you can use that with all, just about every other amendment. Well, no. But they talk because about. Well, the Second Amendment talked about muskets. Go, right, nowhere in there does it said, say muskets. If you use that language. It then, says but arms. They, but they're going to try and tell you that that stands for – then whatever they had, arms they had at that time period is what we could have right. this time period. No. Nothing else. We know that doesn't work. Um, the same right. reason why that logic doesn't apply to the First Amendment either. But, but, but what I'm saying is the First Amendment, all they had was the printing press. But what they were taught, if you look at the readings that led them to the First Amendment, it was the, the ability of the people to say freely what they wanted to say and criticize freely without right. being punished. Without fear of repercussion. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But, and that's the case. I believe completely in that. But people who try and tell me I'm only supposed to have a right. musket. That's yeah. Why don't you apply that yeah. to the First apply Amendment? Apply that to the First Amendment. To Absolutely. Now that, that's what I'm that's saying. That's the logical As a comeback from that. Absolutely. And it does and that's not. What I, right. And that's what I mean by the 14th <clears throat> Amendment. The 14th Amendment said the United States shall not falter on their debt but Oops. if you read the fault read this yeah, i know i know but it doesn't what's, give the president the the ability to go around congress what's our debt now 22 trillion trillion dollars 30 trillion dollars oh my counting. god now this is got i mean how and we're making no efforts to rein that in whatsoever no and most, a lot of that probably goes to China. China, they probably have a trillion dollars worth uh, of it. Can you least. imagine? But I'm going to leave you with another story, Roger. <clears throat> okay. And you may want to get into this more, but um, the FBI has, if you look hard enough, the FBI reveals how many active shooters were stopped by armed citizens. Oh, that's probably an and interesting number to I, see. I'm telling you, uh, but this is something, I think the last numbers were put out, I think it was 2021. But there were, or maybe it was just 2021, but there were six active shooters that were stopped by citizens. I mean, how many? Now, now that prevents somebody, that prevents something from being a murder to a mass shooting. To a mass shooting, absolutely. But they never give you those numbers because they're saying, oh, well, we don't know what would have happened. They go, yeah, well, it's a pretty good chance if a guy takes a rifle into a mall and starts shooting people and somebody doesn't shoot him first, it's going to be a mass shooting. Many people, it's going to turn into a mass shooting. So, in 2021, active shooter incidents, there were 61 active shooter incidents in 2021. 12 were met by the were the FBI's criteria for mass killing up from 40 the previous year. Now right there Roger you said it. How does it graduate to a mass killing when there's not a citizen that can stop what this whatever this criminal's trying to do psycho. no matter what their mental reason or psycho reason whatever it is. But the fact that there are armed citizens that can put a stop and save people the media doesn't want you to know this. No, because that doesn't fit their agenda. How are they going to ban guns if all of a sudden all these 
good people with guns stop evil people with guns. Right, Keep right. people's kids from getting killed or people from getting hurt and injured, Absolutely. killed because there was somebody there who was a good guy with a gun, a law abiding citizen, had a weapon and was able to put it to a stop before it became a mass so shooting. I'll give you an example in 2021, and I guarantee you nobody heard this on the media, no one, the news. They, they don't want you to know these things. But in Louisiana, there was a, an, a, a guy wanted to go commit mass shooting. Uh, he made the mistake of being near the Jefferson Gun Outlet <laughs> because the the armed employees at the Jefferson Gun Outlet in uh, Louisiana returned fire after an active shooter killed two people. He tried to injure two rob others. a gun store? No, he was in an area that was near this gun store. Oh, they okay. came out and put a stop to it. <clears throat> So had had this been a gun free mall, and, oh. and these guys would could have. So this is a store in the mall. It's a store. It was an outlet. Uh, I don't know the whole details. I think it's an outdoor type area. Okay, so it was like an outdoor mall, but uh, there was but, a gun store in this the, area. But the the armed employees from Jefferson Gun Outlet. <laughs> Return fire and and put this shooter to his dirt nap. He was only able to kill two people. Now, now that's imagine how many that, more people he would have killed. Now how stupid was that guy to rob any place that was, that near, was near a gun yeah. store? I didn't mean, do his hello. <laughs> he didn't yeah. unless he was just trying to get himself killed. And there's a lot of easier yeah. easier ways to do that. Oh my god, just go just go into government health care system. Right. <laughs> No, they'll take care of you. <laughs> but there's plenty of these stories out there. Oh yeah, but they don't want to, you don't see those promoted because they don't promote the agenda of banning guns. So, I'll tell you another one. In Nebraska, there was an active shooter who killed two people and wounded another before an armed employee came out and fatally sent this dirt bag to his dirt bag nap. <laughs> dirt bag to his nap. But, uh, in the yeah, dirt. In the dirt. <laughs> DRT. Uh, but yeah, this happened, that was in Nebraska. Yeah, now that's another place. You would think most of these, most of the smart shooters will do this in a gun-free zone or yeah. a, a, well, a state's difficult to get guns. One in. reason they won't <clears throat> release the manifesto for the killer in Tennessee, you know, the trans shooter. Right. One right. reason they won't release that is because it already leaked out that trans shooter spelt out the reason why they were at soft targets was because they were soft targets. Right. They but did see, the not media have defenses. doesn't want you to know this because it goes against their gun narrative, their anti-gun narrative. Right, because then narrative. normal, regular people with common sense would look at it and go, wait, if we have guns in schools, the shooters won't be as likely to go in there because they're cowards. They don't want to get shot yeah. back. They don't want right. to get shot they at. They don't want to be shot at. You know, no, they, don't, yeah. they don't want to have to fight that. Exactly. They just want to go in there where there is yeah. no defenses, where yep. there's innocent children and teachers who are not allowed to have they, guns. Criminals, I don't care if they're mentally disturbed, whatever, they, they go for soft targets. This is why well, you see all smart this ones. mess going on in, in, yeah, in New York, where they're trying to railroad a Marine for saving people's lives on a, on a subway train, metro train. Yeah, now that's a crazy situation. Yeah. If you've never been on a New York subway, it's, I mean, granted, I was on one, we took several rides when I was there a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, there was no crime that was taking place, but you could see a huge number of people all crammed together in a oh, small yeah. space. It would be so well, easy the, for someone wanting crime, to do harm. The crime usually happens not during the busiest times on those trains. Right, they, later at night they when they there's less go people. In when there's less people that they can go in and bombard the people. <clears throat> Uh, like what this guy did. This guy was threatening people on the train. He was telling them he was ready to end his life. He wasn't going to jail, and all this stuff. And this Marine stepped in, did what a Marine should do. He said, no, I'm going to end you before you end yes, me. Yes, I'll take care of that for you. Uh, exactly. 
I'll make your wish. Lucky for you. It's Make-A-Wish Day in the Marine Corps. Exactly. (laughs) And they're trying to railroad this Marine and get him for murder. This Marine did not get on the Metro, the subway in New York, with the intent on killing anyone. He only reacted when this guy was threatening people. Now, did uh, did the guy in the subway have a weapon? I don't know that detail. I don't know, but the Marine didn't use a weapon either other than his own two hands. That's right. Well, that's all so, you need. If I he mean, was threatening to hurt was people, threat- though. He was verbally threatening. And, and, I, and if you feel that your life is in danger, you have every right now, to Now, there are some yourself. crazy people on some of the subway trains, and they yeah, ramble on to themselves when somebody's coming after you and telling you, I'm going to hurt you, and yeah. I'm not going to jail because I'll die first. Well, yeah, then, well, you know then they, they need to be shut down. You. I'm not going to give you a chance to hurt me to, <clears throat> no. just to see if you're, you know, what you. So New York no. is prosecuting this Marine. Well, there, luckily, there, there's a lot of evidence and eyewitnesses because the mayor, as dumb as he is, um, oh, as liberal yeah, as he mayor. is, he's actually trying to calm people, telling them, yeah, don't make judgments so yet until we get all the facts. So he's actually trying to slow people down from rushing to accuse this Marine. Because so is the Marine in custody the, now, I assume? No, no, he was not in custody. Oh, so they did not even no, charge him were, with anything, they, I guess. They, they questioned him, and he was released because of the overwhelming evidence that he did the right thing. Okay, so hopefully you, that'll The only reason this is ongoing is because the politicians, all the Democrats, have jumped in trying to get this guy railroaded. Because they don't want you thinking you can protect yourself. You gotta understand. They, no, yeah, they, they want you to rely on the government. You know, right. when, when, min, when seconds count, cops are only minutes away. Exactly. <laughs> So it's, it's, uh, if there's a Marine nearby, though, that really helps. It's just more examples of how awful these Democrats are. They're evil people, in Except my opinion. for that cop in Allen, Texas. Okay, and what's which one? Refresh my memory on that one. Oh, okay. Uh, the shooting last week in Allen, the outlet mall in Allen, Texas, outside of Dallas. And um, there was a cop there. Already there, uh, on another case had been called and was making out his report and he heard a shot go off. Oops. And he ran right, I mean, he did nothing. He ran directly towards where he was. To the gunfire. And didn't know whether it was one person, ten people Mm. with guns or whatever. And he neutralized in one shot. He, knew that he yeah. neutralized the shot. Yeah. Well, that is Texas. This, this is it's a great story, David, because that, I believe the shooter had a, a rifle, and the officer not only ran to the gunfire, ran to him. He ended this dude with his pistol. Yep. So, you know, and, and anyone familiar with guns, it's a lot harder to hit something at distance with a pistol than it is with a rifle. Right. Well, the Marine Corps, they, they're... Uh, their training motto is you use your pistol to fight your way to your rifle. Right. Well, this guy, to. I don't know if he was a Marine or not. This, this, well, I mean, it's just, yeah, but that's but taught that a lot is, of times. Yeah, absolutely. And it should be taught. Rifle's a number taught. one. It's a primary weapon. Yeah. A pistol, most of the time, is a secondary weapon, except with law enforcement here in the U.S. It is a primary, primary weapon for most yeah. police officers. But even here in the U.S., if it's an active shooter or if it's a... They will take the rifles out of the can. They take the rifle out, yeah. Because they know that that should be your primary weapon. That should be your primary. That's what I want. And all these people were telling me, oh, I've seen cops that can't shoot. It's like 99% of what cops do has nothing to do with their gun. Yeah. I had a situation actually the other night at at like 1, 2 in the morning. I was awoken 
And uh, I look out the window, and the first thing I see is about 10 people headed up the street towards the house. What do you think I reached for? Your rifle. I didn't reach for a <laughs> nine-capacity pistol. Yeah, you have the t- 15, 17 rounds uh, going. Well, there's what? 10 people. I'm going to have a few extras just oh, in case I some of you guys are slippery. That. I had more than that. I was more on the 30-plus rate. You know, now, I, did they walk past uh, the house? Yeah, they so kidding? it ended up getting so off the train luck, or something? Luckily, I live in an area where we have outstanding police response. And apparently what was going on, because it, it took only, again, I'd woken up and I see this, and then I see people on the other side of the house, and it didn't take me long to figure out that these were people trying to disperse from a party that was going on, oh, and they okay. were trying to get away, because apparently, I guess they knew they were fearing the police were on their way, but in the time that it took me to to grab what I needed to, just in case, because you never know, you, you just, I wasn't going to take any chances and let them get the drop on me. Cops are minutes so, away. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but by the time I was able to get into position and, and really assess what was going on, then I had two of uh, two of my city's best ar- arrive. arrive and say, "What's and, going uh, on here?" They, they they took they took care of things, so I so I didn't have to. There you go. Yeah, I mean, but it's it crazy. Was, it was, but like I said, I once I but you were prepared it didn't take me long. in case they couldn't get. I there. was 100% prepared. They prepared. They were not going to get through. And my they door. started coming towards your properties or beating on your door. Yeah. No. No, I was prepared. I was. Plus, prepared. you have a, an occupant downstairs who was armed as well. So Absolutely, you <laughs> I did have. I wasn't the only one. You had backup. I did have backup. <laughs> I didn't, and I didn't mind. Um, and that's my a, six protected there. That's right. Without having to worry about it being <laughs> invaded. <laughs> I don't want my six invaded. <laughs> I want to protect it, not invaded. Back to guns. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, that's a good thing to know. You guys have fun. Most cities have cops that will respond to things like that. They respond quickly. They do what they need to do. And they're not afraid to put themselves in in harm's way. Now, in some places, the city governments and the mayors and the politicians make it that much harder for cops to want to do their jobs. And that's the thing that people have to realize. If it was you in a situation where you need a police officer, do you want him to hesitate? Do you want him to wait to come? Do you want him to just get there and then wait sitting in the car to assess things? Or do you want him to come in and get between you and whatever possible danger there is? And most people, when they're confronted with danger, they want help, without a doubt. They don't want some cop who's afraid that, oh, well, you know, if I pull my gun on the wrong guy, I'll get in trouble, no matter what he's doing. Even though he's you know, threatening somebody or threatening to hurt somebody, if I get in the way, I could get in trouble just for doing that. Like the guy in New York. I wonder if it wasn't a Marine, but a New York subway cop or something like that who got involved in it. What if the guy had been shot after threatening a cop or threatening other commuters? Would the cop have been held accountable for that? Would they have said, well, you shouldn't have done that because he wasn't armed? Who knows? I don't know if he was armed or not. I'd have to check into the details on that. But that's just crazy that the politicians make it so difficult for the cops to do their jobs properly and you protect know, people. It's sort of like, and I've gotten in um, in a number of argument with veteran friends, but I have a real, real problem with a legislator, be it... <laughs> Be it uh, House Representatives or Senate or whatever, on the Armed Service Committee, developing rules of engagement. Yeah, it's hard when you get, um, I guess, politicians involved in military decisions. Yeah, and they are. 
Yeah. And oh, they are, without a doubt. They are control the military. I, I just, you know, unless you've been there and done that, then how do you know what you're talking about? Are you going to wait for the guy <laughs> to open his robe and pull out a AK-47 and blow you away? Yeah, or have C's, uh, C4 strapped all around them, yeah. you know, waiting to blow you up, yeah. <clears throat> I just, uh, you know, and this is the thing about uh, understanding a cop's job. Uh, it takes, in my opinion, and I've known a lot of policemen, and uh, and a few police women. But the point of the story is, I don't have the guts to go in a dark warehouse where a broken window is and find out who's on the other side of the wall. Right, or try knocking on a door where a domestic disturbance is taking place. Yeah. When you have no idea what's going on. And, you know, you don't know whether they are armed, whether they have a knife, whether they have a... AR-15 or whatever. And, uh, I mean, that happened uh, not that far, not that long ago, a couple of years ago, I think, where the police went in and uh, the person had a had a AR-15. And, I, you know, I have all the respect in the world. Now, some of the cops that I've known, yeah, have been well, a little, little strange. It's like any profession. Thing. You're always going to have good and bad, but a majority of people... In professions are good at what they do. There's always going to be a few bad eggs here and there in any profession. I don't care if it's a, a dentist, a warehouse worker, or a police officer. There's but always going to be people who are not top notch. Just like you said a minute ago about, uh, you know, it, it's a lot harder to hit a target with a pistol than it is with a rifle. But, you know, all of our police, just like our, just like our military, Train and train, right? Train some more. Training makes the difference, and if they are trained properly, it makes their response more instinctual than having to think back and go, "Okay, what's the next step? What do I do next?" If they train enough, then they know they do it automatically. They don't have to think about it as much. And that's like anybody who's competed in sports or done any kind of job where you have a lot of repetition. The more you do it, the better you get at it, the faster you are at it, and the more efficient you become. Same thing with any kind of weapons training. The more you do it, the more you practice, the better you become. So, You know, and this is something else that I'd like to uh, point out with the cops is that particularly with domestic disputes, and I think a lot of people have the idea that a cop jumps out of his car and pulls his pistol and is ready to shoot somebody, but... Particularly in domestic situations, that couldn't it's not be further, the case. Couldn't be further from the truth. They get out of their car and want to start negotiating, and let's see if we can't resolve. This well, first I got to see. They don't even most of the time they don't even know what's going on when they get there. All they hear is domestic disturbance. Is it some lady yelling at her kid? Is it a man and wife just yelling at each other? Are they throwing things? Is somebody threatening to kill somebody? They have no idea what's on the other side of that door. Most cases can be resolved by them just showing up and talking to people. But if somebody is armed or threatening violence, then the whole situation changes. But they have no idea what they're stepping into when they go to a domestic disturbance call. That's usually the most dangerous thing a police officer can respond to because of the unknown. You know, you're, you're called to an armed robbery. You know what to expect. You know there's going to be somebody with a gun. You know they're trying to steal products or hold people up. You know what's going on. But domestic disturbance could be as simple as showing up at the door and 
the two parties or six parties will realize, oh, my God, we got out of hand. We got it under control. We're going to scale it back. Or there could be somebody threatening to kill somebody inside. You don't know. So that's why that's probably one of the scariest calls that they have to answer is the domestic disturbance call. Because I'll tell you what, more people are shot in the name of, quote, unquote, love than anything else. (laughs) So there's always that to watch out for. But, yeah, I wouldn't want to do a cop's job for anything. There's no way. I mean, no matter what they pay them, it's not enough. And the fact that their their own politicians don't stand behind them makes that job that much harder when they don't have the support. Now, granted, they are human. They can make mistakes. They do make mistakes. But they make them less frequently. The good ones make mistakes less frequently than almost anybody else at their job does. So you have to give them credit where credit's due, but they are still human. And granted, somebody pulls out something that looks like a gun, they're making fast movements when you told them to hold still or freeze and they're moving still or they're reaching for things you know that's a scary thing that's why i say if you get pulled over by a cop even if it's just for a speeding ticket they'll usually walk up to your driver's side i say put your hands on the steering wheel with your fingers spread out and look at him and ask him what he wants and ideally if you have time pull out your wallet or id and have it sitting on the dash or somewhere where they can see it as easy as you can before you reach for it Make them as comfortable and as at ease as you possibly can. Well, you know, this is something that uh, I've done a number of times uh, a long time ago, not in Atlanta, but uh, where I'm from. But we have always promoted that people should, and it's very easy to do, and most police departments are more than happy to allow you to ride with a cop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And I think that every every citizen should ride with a policeman and not necessarily during the day. Make it a night shift. Make it something where you may actually see something happen and see them have to make split-second split decisions. And I think this would do more for the attitude of the country than anything. Right, yeah, especially someone who's anti-police. I'd like to see them go and put themselves in situations where they had to make quick decisions or had to decide. Now, I worked, uh, I was working with a guy who worked for a firearms training manufacturer. They developed simulators for firearms training systems, and I went and played with them a couple of days, and I got to see the kind of situations that they designed to put police through training exercises. And it was really interesting, and you kind of get to the point where you don't want to shoot somebody because they don't have a gun, but yet how close do you let them get to you? How how long do you let them disobey your orders before you decide to notch things up a little bit? And it's really difficult to make those decisions when you're put under pressure like that. And it was interesting because I got to the point where the guy didn't have a weapon, so I didn't necessarily want to shoot him, but yet he was coming at me aggressively, and you, at some point you got to be able to stop that person. And then I finally used the simulated tear gas and that put on, that slowed him down enough to where I was able to restrain him. But it was interesting because, you know, it was a simulator on a screen and you have all your, you know, simulated weapons with you. And to make that decision, know if you're a, a trained operator, you know, you don't want to shoot somebody if they're not armed, if you can possibly help it. And the thing is, you did it how many times? Oh, many times. Yeah. We did it over and over and over again. Yeah. But I mean, how many times have you done it in? What do you mean? Been face to face with somebody trying to hurt me, or done, no, did the no, simulator? Just in the simulator. Oh, dozens of times, dozens. I was there all afternoon. 
I was doing various simulations, right? Yeah, yeah, one day. But, you know, they run it back or they pop up a new scenario. You're running through different scenarios. But that was you once. Right. And what I keep harping on is the fact that how many times will a cop have to go through that? Right. And the, like, like we said, the more times you practice it, Right. Better you get. Well, that's why they develop these training systems to help them kind of put themselves in that situation, instill a little bit of panic or a little bit of adrenaline rush to try and get them to still be able to think clearly while they're under duress. That's that's the thing that these training systems do. And if the companies that use them use them properly, it will certainly help if he ever gets in that situation. And they had you know dozens and dozens of scenarios with various levels of threats. Now, of course, as soon as you see a gun you have the right to use deadly force. Now, if it's not pointed at you or pointed at any other innocent, then you have to restrain yourself and try and put yourself in a situation where you can try and talk him out of it first, but you're on full alert, your gun is drawn, you're pointed at him. If he moves or makes any aggressive movements, then, of course, you're only resulting things to shoot him. But if he has no gun, no knife, he's just getting violent or swinging his arms around... Do you want to shoot somebody who's not armed? I mean, that's it's kind of a situation where would you have the right to if he was coming in to try and bash your brains in with, you know. No, it would be, uh, when I read this, I found it totally fascinating and that uh, I don't know if, I didn't hear it last night when Abbott gave his talk. Oh, okay, no, I didn't either. And uh, he's bringing more uh, Na- Texas National Guardsmen to the border. Oh, good. And but it, it very, and this is what I found very interesting is that this is a special unit that has been trained specifically for this the Title Forty Two. What they're expecting. Oh, okay. And it's a you know the and I I would just I, I'm curious of. What special training, because they're, they're expecting masses. Right, and, and those are not people who are armed. They're not intending to do harm to anybody. They just want to get here, live here. I mean, the only law they're breaking is, you know, illegal entry into the country, but our national power base, our national government doesn't seem to care that much about that particular crime. Well, you know, and I agree, I agree with what you said, that they're just, and, you know, they certainly, uh, if I was under that situation, I'm sure I'd be wanting to break into the United States. Improve as well. your situation, right, exactly. No, no question. But, the, and being from Texas, I can appreciate. You've been closer to that than a lot of people have, uh, yeah. You know, you've got a guy that is a rancher, and again, it's, <laughs> It's like people will, oh, well, the military, they got it, you know, they don't have it so rough, they do, you know, and nobody, if you haven't ranched, you don't know what a rancher goes through. He's up at two or three, four o'clock in the morning, um, maybe moving his herd somewhere. He dedicates his life to his job, yes. And so you have a foreigner, I, now they're getting into the point that they're killing calves, and they're killing livestock. Oh, yeah. See, that. And, then they're committing crimes. Yeah. And, you know, th- this border thing just goes chacri- uh, crescendos 
every day, and the more we let it go, the more it's going, the worse it's going to get. Right, and and they know this. That's why they're coming in now. Now, during Trump, he shut down a lot of the border towns. Right. He shut down a lot of immigrants from coming over, or he he made paths pathways to make applications to come into the country. I guess my point being is that I don't see any way if something isn't done and done immediately. And that's with closing the border. And but it doesn't affect these politicians, so they don't care. Yeah, but it's going to turn into guns. You know, a rancher needs to defend his property. He needs to defend his his livestock. He needs to defend his house, his family. I mean, from intruders of any type. I mean, if it's costing him money, everyone says, oh, it's just money. They, You know, you value your livestock more than you do people. It's like, no, these people value killing my livestock over their lives. They're putting themselves in danger by doing this. They don't value their own lives enough to not do it. So that that, that argument goes both ways. I'm sorry. When people say, oh, you shoot somebody over stealing stuff, I go, what is your stuff? It's stuff you buy with your money. Your money is earned with your time. Your time is your life. You have limited time. You know, and if they're taking time away from your life, they're taking part of your life away. And by doing that, how is that any different than causing you harm? You know? I mean, someone steals your car. You can't get to work. You can't get to work. You can't pay your bills. can't pay your bills. You can't support your family. All that hinges one on another. It, cast, it, it waterfalls into everything else. And people don't realize. That's why they used to hang horse thieves. Because back in the day, a horse was your main way to stay alive. It was transportation. It was It provided work on the farm. It did everything for you. And if they stole your horse, they took your livelihood away. Same things today. People steal stuff from you, but that stuff is how you earn your money, how you make your livelihood. Without it, you can't support yourself, your family, or protect your property. And I think this is, uh, you know, like with the woke, all those those poor people trying just trying to get into the United States and we we got to take care of them. We got to we got to <laughs> give them all of this and all of that. Yeah, and what happened when they sent those refugees to Martha's Vineyard? How It took like 72 hours. They cleaned them all out, arrested them all, put them back on buses somewhere else. So they talk big when it's not in their backyard. But all of a sudden, when it comes to put up or shut up, they were freaking out. They called in the National Guard. They cleared every single one of them out of that area so quickly it would make your head spin. But, yeah, they think it's okay for everybody else to have to deal with it. You know, if you want to vote that way, that's fine. But then put up or shut up. Yep. Put them in your backyard. Put them in your kid's school system. Look what Chicago's done with them. They don't want them. They're busting them somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, that's what the governor of Texas has been shipping them to D.C. Get them a one-way bus to get to D.C., take them right to the, you know, Department of Welfare or something like that, offload them there, and then come back for another load. That Mayordas um, should be flogged and... Tarred and feathered and left, <laughs> left at the border, you know? Yeah, it's just, there's so many, you know, they don't, they don't want it. They don't want to not help these people, but they don't want to help them in their neighborhoods. They want it done somewhere else where they're not involved, where they're not so close to it, where their family won't suffer, their kids won't be threatened. None of that. They don't want any of that going on. Like I say, the Martha's Vineyard thing was a beautiful strategy. And the news even covered some of that, which was great. I would have kept them doing that over and over again. Had buses unloaded every day up there. Let them come off the bus, dump them in any place where they could get off and unload and have all their stuff and just 
fill the place with refugees that they wanted to vote to let in. That uh, you know, it's like New York doesn't want any part of them anymore. They don't. They don't want anymore. We haven't got room. That's exactly. I mean, the government can't provide for all these people. They can't provide for their own people. I say, you know, you support Americans, veterans, people who are citizens before you support somebody from another country who's not a citizen. That brings up a good point. Listen to a veterans place with Dr. Moeller and. Out of a $360 billion VA budget, wow. there is not one dental researcher in the whole gambit of the VA. Wow, that's not insane. one dental researcher. But I bet every illegal a- alien coming from over the border can get access to free health care, free dental care, free eye care, whatever they need with no issues whatsoever. And they, you know, they, this is why we do the show for uh, Don Moeller, uh, is that not doing dental research in the VA because they have no one to do it uh, has proven that or he's proven that PTSD has a direct effect on or dental hygiene, not just hygiene, oh, right. but has dental care has a direct, direct effect on PTSD. On your mental condition, absolutely. And, and the VA takes it and promises when you raise your right hand that they're going to take care of you after your service. Uh, but they exclude your head. Now, I'm looking at you, and it looks to me exclude. like your head's attached to your body. Exclude your head? <laughs> they exclude, you know, they'll take care of your your wound, your leg. No eye care, no dental care. No, no hearing. Care. Well, now, my hearing, dad. Hearing care, they'll yes. take care of. My, my father was a veteran. He got hearing aids through the VA. That, but he could get, and he could go to a uh, pull and fill for dental care. But that's not all dental care is all about, you know? Right, I understand that, yeah. It's a lot more complicated than that, and Dr. Moeller has proven, and... And he has a Harvard proof. He has he's and he's not only a dentist; he's an MD. He went back. Oh, to he school. does both. Okay, he's got both. And uh, but that's the thing: we should take care of our American citizens, veterans, anybody who is a citizen here. With veterans being at the top of those lists, those people should be taken care of first, well before any illegal alien that snuck into the country Amen. just because they want benefits here that our country is willing to hand them as soon as they step over the, the border. Okay, we're going to have to wrap it up. I was talking when I should have been watching. That's well, okay. All right. Well, this has been Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.